This is the time for our speaker to share their experience, strength, and hope for approximately 30 minutes. Thank you, Barbara, for agreeing to be our speaker. Thank Hello, you. everyone. I'm Barbara C. Ebering, compulsive overeater, and so grateful to be here and see you all. Um, I shared this meeting like a year and a half ago or something on the phone before it came virtual. So um, it's, it's good to see everyone. And I am a, so such a grateful compulsive overeater. I, I came to these rooms um, 20 years ago. I started obtain, obtaining, obtaining also, abstaining uh, on November 29, 2001. So it's almost 20 years. And um, I, my life has been transformed through abstinence and through uh, working the steps in Overeaters Anonymous. Um, I uh, used to, when I, my first 10 years, I went to LA all the time. All my sponsors were LA sponsors. I, I, I spoke at, and so my, my, um, and when I first got in to, it was not because of my being a hundred weight. It was because my daughter, um, Allison was, was anorexic and it terrified me to see, um, that disease of anorexia overcoming her. Um, and, uh, I remember, uh, uh, calling a, a family doctor and he said, well, she needs a shrink. So I thought, well, if she needs a shrink, then it has to do with the family. It's a family disease. I was, a, I've been on since, um, uh, you know, really like 30 years ago. So I, I knew about the 12 steps. I knew about the family disease of alcoholism, but there's also a family disease of, of being and it, and I learned through Ovaries Anonymous that, that this is a, a physical addiction, that my mind and my body it affects my mind and my body. And I started in in um, started on the Saturday morning meeting at um, Cottage Hospital, and just like we do in Santa Barbara, we would read every week. It was a packed meeting, and uh, and I immediately got a sponsor. And at that time, eight four was was a that uh, something that started in Ventura, in Ventura, and it was very structured. You had uh, no no sugar, no alcohol, three meals a day. You went through the big book. You went through the doctor's opinion. Uh, you went to uh, AA coming of age. I, I, I it was a narrative uh, step work where you wrote. I spent a year writing a narrative through the steps, and I really got it that this was a physical addiction. Um, I brought some pictures. I, I was a kid who was overweight. Um, here's a picture of me um, in the front. I've got a little, um, uh, I have a bad perm. I've written a lot of stories and writing about that bad perm because um, I have very straight hair and my mother insisted that only had to have curls all the time. So, um, but I was a cute, enthusiastic kid, but I was taller than every kid. I was bigger than every kid. I remember I weighed, this is really interesting that I remember that bluebird uniform. I looked like I was fourth grade, but I was probably first or second. Um, and I was really tall, you know, and people would say, why are you so tall? And my mother was five foot one. And she's like, be tall, be tall, be proud, you're tall. And she was like, you know, but it was hard. I was shrinking down and I felt different, even though I was, I was so ex happy little girl and so enthusiastic about everything. Um, I felt different. And I remember one girl said to me, you know what? I thought you were a fat slob, but then I got to know you and you're such a great person. And I, but I mean, to remember that, those kinds of things. And, 
And I remember that I weighed 65 pounds when I was in kindergarten. And I remember I weighed 80 pounds when I was in second grade. Who remembers how much they weigh, you know, but I do. And so my, the disease was uh, wrecking havoc on me and starting a, as a kid. My sister, which was good for me, was heavier than me. So I always knew that she, she was heavier. So people were more worried about her because, you know, she was heavier than me. And that was like, always when you go into a room as an overweight person, you always feel rel relieved when someone is larger than you. And it's very interesting how that works. But anyway, so as a kid, my mom was a compulsive reader. And so I always had that, you know, we always overate sweets. And if if you were to look through my picture, I'd be, ev I'm every size because I was always dieting gaining and losing weight. And so when I was, and then I was bulimic was in um, junior high and high school and college. Um, so I, I, I maintained a fairly healthy weight by, by bulimia. Uh, once I got married um, and had children, for some reason, I didn't want to hurt my body that way. So I'm really grateful that I didn't hurt my with, with the bulimia in my twenties. Um, but getting back to my recovery, um, I started, as I said, in the April, program and I did it for two years and um, I lost just without trying to lose weight at all I lost probably about 20 pounds and then I went to the um, OA birthday party and um, and on the way back I got a, a I, I went to the you know, at that time they had tapes they didn't have the CDs and oh you you want this one on your way home to San it's great and I didn't able to go that and it was the ABCs of abstinence and it was a great CD. And what was cool about it for me, these women were hundred pounds and they got to a healthy body weight. I was a hundred pounder uh, and I lost weight. And even as an overweight person, I was always active. I never like my weight. I mean, my legs hurt sometimes I had pain and stuff, but I was never like disabled by my, my obesity. Uh, and I was, you know, uh, and so, uh, but yet it was, I was getting pain. I did have some pain that in leg pain and stuff. And I, I was told to have some vein surgery and he said, I wouldn't have that. You lose your weight, you know, because it's not good to do that. So, um, so that was the only kind of physical thing that I was getting. So then he wait after listening to tapes on, in the, um, and, um, on the way home from the OA birthday party, I called this person cause she was talking about this in a way that I didn't know. She said, your abstinence is not your sponsor's abstinence. Your sponsor, your abstinence is between you and your higher power. I mean, you want to talk it with your sponsor, but you don't need to use your sponsor's abstinence. So um, in, 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 you can't have ketchup because it has sugar in it. I've never in my entire life been on ketchup. I mean, I used to like it and now I don't even like ketchup, but, but I mean, so I thought, wait a minute, just because they say that, so alcohol. Um, I probably have two or three drinks a year, uh, now that I'm 70, maybe five. Um, but, um, but it's like alcohol is not an issue for me. And I have a lot of alcoholics in my family. My sister was an alcoholic. My, my ex-husband was an alcoholic recovering. My current husband is a recovering alcoholic. Anyone who watches me drink says this woman is not drinking and alcohol is not an issue for you and it does have sugar in it but and I remember when I I first started with my a, a my um what's it called um the second sponsor that I had that did the ABC's accident she said will you 
we don't know yet if alcohol is a problem for you with food. It might trigger you. And I have to say that I've had sponsees that really can't have alcohol. And 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 some people can't have any sugar. And I completely uh, you know, respect people, different people's abstinence. Absolutely respect it. And and uh, uh one of the things I usually start when I speak with is a quote. And the quote today in I don't know voices or for today, but it, the one that got to me was, I resigned from the debating society. I am in a way to recover from compulsive overeating, not to debate. So there's a big, ever since, you know, there's always like my abstinence is, is the pure abstinence and your isn't. And it's like, I think, um, and this is my opinion, that I come from a family of ethics and restrictors. So when people are so over the top, restricting there's not a lot of peace in that and so I remember I did go through those periods of doing that and and I'm not saying that it's bad but for me I I'm not at that level I have to have three meals a day maybe a, a snack I, I have to be careful what I eat and I have to be clear about it but I'm not restrictive as as, as some people are and um and yeah so I'm saying so then when I I did the ABC of abstinence with uh, with uh, my second sponsor Sherry? She worked me. We walk. We worked through the um, the big book, and I remember doing bringing her my A poor fourth step, and she said, "Oh, this isn't right at all. You have to do it the big book way. You have to." And she lived in North Hollywood, so I had to go back home, and I did it all the way she wanted me to in the big in the big book, and I did the um, the steps again, and it was very powerful. And I've done the steps many times, many ways, and it's always powerful and I always learn something. And I think that's one of the most important things as in my recovery is that I've consistently um, worked the steps in Overeaters Anonymous. I've worked them the AA way, I've worked them the OA way, I've worked them many different ways. I've, I've begun with Herb K, I've done, I've had a vision sponsor and gone through the steps with, with a vision sponsor. So I. I really believe it's the most important thing is that I continually um, work the steps, that I work with a sponsor, that I have sponsees. I have always had sponsees and I've had the most wonderful, amazing women that I've, I've had the privilege to work with. Young moms, older moms, single people, all kinds of people. And it's a privilege and it's part of my recovery is, is to work with other people. And I was taught my, my first sponsor that once you finish third step, you need to sponsor. So I started sponsoring really early in my program. And, uh, and I, 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 you know, and right now in the vision meetings that I love the one at seven o'clock, they're talking about working with others and, and in working with others, um, I love it. Um, job or no job, wife or no wife. We simply do not stop drinking so long as we place dependence upon other people ahead of dependence on God. And so that is, I mean, this trust in our higher power, thy will not mine be done, is, is, has got to be my mantra. And burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone. The only condition is that he trusts in God and clean house. And I, I think that is, I mean, it's a daily walk and a seeking. And I always, from the time I was a little girl, uh, sought a higher power and believed in a higher power. However, the steps helped me to apply that belief and uh, and and one day at a time learn my higher power's will for me. Uh, 
I, I think in terms of my, my recovery, I start, as I said, I started losing weight once I, I got on a weight, lo- weight losing food plan with Sherry. And um, I, I went to, as I said, I was constantly going to, um, to meetings in LA and, and it, it was really powerful. And then I started dating. I was 50 when I, I started getting abstinent. And I, I met my, uh, my, my first husband um, I've only had two so far, but um, my first husband, um, I met him when I was 18. So I was with him for, for decades and, you know, for 20 years and I hadn't dated since I was 18. And um, so, uh, you know, it was really wild to start dating at 50 and I went on match and I really, and then I went, I started dancing because physically I, I felt really great and free. So I started dancing. I did. And so I would walk down state street and I would be with friends and I would know all these guys and they go, how do you know all those guys? And I, well, I dance with them. And I, some of these guys were adorable. And that was the thing that was the cutest thing for me that at 50 years old, I felt like the pretty girl at the dance. And, um, and these young guys would want to dance with me. I mean, there was nothing going on, but I mean, it was just this joyous, fun, and it taught me how to be with them in a man's arms and to have fun and enjoy it and just laugh. And, and that's what this program has done for me. It's transformed my life. And so then I met my husband like 13 years ago, and he is just the most wonderful man in the, in the world. And he is so loving and kind. He also is a recovering alcoholic. So, you know, we can talk program and we can do um uh, the, we can read the big book together and we can pray together. And that's such a wonderful thing. And, um, and also because, you know, I, there were a lot of lies and deceptions in my first marriage. I have to be honest in this, this marriage. And even if it doesn't, it isn't, you know, there's no, no dishonesty in this, in this relationship. And one of the things too, that has happened in my abstinence is that I've had really hard things happen since I've gotten in, in OA, just as, as well as being able to dance. And one of the reasons I was late to the meeting, because I was doing the Halloween spin at, at Star Cycle. Uh, I'm 70 years old and I'm so healthy. And it's because I'm abstinent and eating healthy and have a healthy life, um, uh, mind, body, and, and spirit. And, and, um, and, but even if things are going well with me physically, there's bad things that happen. And my sister died. She got cancer and she died at 59. And I, I was abstinent through that. Um, my, uh, my son, um, two year, almost two years ago, was in a tragic, he was assaulted and he has a traumatic brain injury. And having to go through that is, is heart-wrenching. Um, and you know, because of the wreckage of my past, I have had a lot of debt. So I've had to work longer than some people. All my friends are retired and living the good life. Um, and I still have to work hard and my job's really hard. I, fortunately, I love it and I'm up to it, but you know, I have regrets about some of the things, my choices in the past and how I've lived my life because being an addict, sometimes there's behaviors that we have that, that sabotage us. And, but through the steps, I've learned how to deal with my resentment, learned how to deal with my fears. And I've learned, most importantly, I've learned to trust my higher power and have a much more deep relationship with my higher power. And also because I, 15, okay. Also because I, um, I was so, um, I was raised in one religion, but I grew up in San Francisco. So my parents really taught me to respect all religions and I had friends of all religions and, but, you know, and so 
you know, the idea of the higher power and that, and that some people don't believe in higher power. In fact, one of my sponsors is an atheist. I mean, that is hilarious when I think about me being that my higher power is so important to me that one of my sponsors who's been absent for 42 years and she's a hundred pounder, um, she is an atheist. Um, so I can sponsor people that are really different from me and it's fine. It doesn't bother me at all. And also too, with the polarization of our country and it's so important for us all to, to listen to each other. And that's like the idea of the, you know retiring from the debating society. I, I wanna be that open loving person that is safe for people. And it's important for me to speak up, but also to try to listen and empathize with other people. And, and that's huge for me. So um, in this, um, my recovery, um, I do, you know, I, I have, I have always gone to um, a couple meetings a week and now, um, but the pandemic, it's been a little bit harder. I feel sometimes, and I think I've been in 20 years, I think sometimes meetings can be hard for me. You know, I, I'm just saying, sometimes I feel like, oh my gosh, I didn't get anything from that meeting. But the point is, what, what am I contributing? It's not about what I'm getting. It's, this is um, a, a meeting, I mean, a, a, a fellowship of service and, and our higher power wants us, you know, and to bring people to, to show them that recovery is possible. And that, you know, it, and it really is. I mean, uh, who would think that that little girl that weighed 80 pounds from the second grade and um, and was throwing up all through high school and college, and you know, is this woman that's 70 years old and and has a, a really full life. And I just I, I shared a couple of weeks ago. I went. Um, I had a reunion with with my friends because we also turned 70 this year. So we all went to St. George, Utah, and went to um, Zion, and we hiked and we went on Jeep rides and. And these were the, I had, I've always had friends in all different groups. I've had the really popular girls and the really intellectual girls and, and the wild girls. I always had friends in all the different groups. And these were the popular girls that I went on this with. And they were the cheerleaders. And, and I went to elementary school with these girls and I've known them forever. And I, and I, and they were teaching us a new sport and the sport is pickleball. And, um, I have these shorts I bought a couple of years ago and they look fine on me, but I have this idea that my legs are big and I can't, and I, and they're very white and I can't wear shorts. So I, I rarely wear shorts. In fact, I never wear shorts. So I thought, well, wait a minute, I'm going to wear shorts because it's, it's really hot and we're, I'm learning pickleball and I need to wear shorts. And I was, and I wore them and I had a great time. And on the way back, one of my roommates, she was the, probably the prettiest girl, right? the thinnest girl. And, and I was saying, you know, wow, I'm wearing shorts. You know, I, I always feel uncomfortable wearing shorts. She said, me too. She goes, I have legs like my dad. And I, and I'm thinking, oh my God, we are all so sick about our body image. Nobody thinks our body image is okay. And what a waste of time and energy I have spent. And I, my dad used to take movies of us from the time I was a little girl. And I would be hiding in the bushes some of the time. And I'm thinking, get out from the bushes. You look fine. You are a beautiful young woman. And, and, and I don't want to be in the bushes anymore. I want to be out there living my life. And because of this program and the hope of working, you know, this is a we program. I can't do this by myself. I need every one of you. I need 
a sponsor. I need sponsees. I need to be, to have the life beyond our wildest dreams. We need to work together. And and there, and Santa Barbara has been so good to me. The OA Santa Barbara, and uh, OA in LA, and and I'm just really grateful. I I think that um, you know I learn something every time I read the big book, and and that's why I love. Um, I love the vision meeting at 7 a.m. I love listening to that. Um, I'm committed to, to maybe sharing more there. And I think too, I, um, it's, you know, I've had some, you know, the idea that I don't do exactly like you. Sometimes I feel that in my absence, I, I need to talk about that more that like one of the things that I have a problem with is I have a chronic cough and I'm supposed to possibly have surgery with it. And I don't eat anything that causes it except for coffee. And I didn't start drinking coffee till like four years ago. And, and it's really hard for me to say that I probably need to let go of coffee um, because I think it's hurting me. And, um, and I really have said pretty honestly that I don't hurt myself with food anymore, but maybe that's not true. You know, if I'm not willing to give up the coffee, um, I mean, I had, I had no coffee for 66 years and I survived. So perhaps at 70, if I let go of coffee, I would survive just like letting go of cookie cake candy and those kind have made my life good. So I'm just saying that even if we're in recovery for a long time, um, new things are revealed to us about ourselves about about our higher power and about our absence and and I'm just so grateful to see you all here and I really don't think I have anything more to say but I would love to hear from you and um, as I said keep coming back and and it's you know it's progress not perfection and 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 you don't have to do this alone ever you're here um, you're here to to learn your higher power's will and and to learn how to live a, a rich uh, life and and if I if you if I said oh, the food's your answer I'd say go eat the food but I'm just saying the food isn't your answer so thank you so much for letting me share and um, and I look forward to hearing from you thank you Barbara for thank your you, pitch Barbara. and for being thank of you, service Barbara. okay so now uh, it's time for a question and answer until uh, 10 55 yeah I'm Sally compulsive overeater and um well, that was what I needed today. So I thank you very much. This is my first day back in, and um, that was a wonderful sermon. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> okay, Maureen. Glad to see you, Sally. Welcome back. <laughs> yes, Barbara, thank you so, so much. And I wondered, um, since you've been in program for so long, have you had any experiences with um, getting to goal weight and having to adjust your food plan at certain times or. Yeah, because I got too thin the first, I mean, I was like, because I'm an addict, um, I got really, really thin and then I got really restrictive. And so I remember going out to dinner with my two daughters and one of them is naturally really thin. She was born that way. She's just, I mean, who knows where she got it, but certainly wasn't me. Um, and the other daughter's anorexic. And I remember going to um, this restaurant with them and, and we made, my oldest daughter and I made my other daughter feel so uncomfortable by the, our, the way we were so restricting and the way we were talking about food that um, 
I realized that that I don't want to do that. But then, you know, I mean, and I, my, I never thought I would ever gain weight in program because that my, but my sponsor, Sherry said, said, Barbara, you will gain weight in program. Everyone. I mean, you're a woman, you will gain some weight in program. And I have gained 10, 15 pounds here and there, but I've never um, gotten to the point where um, I've never, I don't feel like I'm compulsively overeating uh, anymore. I haven't, as I said, the hurting myself with food. I don't sit down with food and eat. I, I have my meals, but yeah, you have to, you're a food plan adjust. Sometimes you're able to eat a, like a small amount of something and then suddenly you're not. Um, so portions and ingredients, all those things, um, they can change. Um, and, or sometimes you can say like, um, your, your, your disease will tell you, you can eat something that you can't eat, you know? And so that happens too. But I think the main thing is to be able to be really honest about it and to work with your sponsor on that. And you have to feel safe. I mean, I have to say, um, when I first started with my first vision sponsor, she was so upset about um, what I ate that she she got really upset. And I can't have someone be like that with me, someone really harsh for me personally. I mean, other people that works really well, but it doesn't. And I remember we had this really famous uh, person come to do a, um, a workshop for us um, last year. And she's really famous and she's hardcore food. And the, the first evening she talked to this one woman who hadn't had her dinner yet. And she said, oh, you shouldn't eat then. Don't eat, don't eat. You didn't eat, you don't eat. Well, the next day, some people didn't come because she was so harsh. But this woman, and I was really proud for her. She said, well, I ate my dinner. I did, you know, so she, I'm saying the harshness of food plans. You know, I think we have to, you know, work on that. I mean, as sponsors, and I'm not saying that you, you shouldn't have a bottom line. You, you, we have to have bottom lines, but I, that's my part about the debate that I don't do well with someone being really harsh with me. Um, so then I got another sponsor and I felt I could be honest with her. See, for me, I'm kind of a cheater kind of person. So if, if I'm not, if I, if I can't, if I don't think I can trust you, if, if, if you're going to yell at me, I'll lie. You know, I, I'll say, well, I, I don't need that because I want to please you and I, I don't want to fail. So I have to be comfortable enough to be completely honest with my really bad stuff and my really good stuff. So that's not really answering your problem, but that's where I'm at. Right now. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Um, Elaine, I think I saw you raise your hand. Hi, Barbara. Thank you so much. What beautiful, beautiful share. And, um, you know, I thought I knew your story, but I learned even more and I really appreciate it. And, and I just admire um, your honesty and, um, and what, uh, you know, what I've learned is just like what you said, there's, um, I've thought I had thought that any sugar was no sugar, you know, can't have any sugar at all. And I've learned there are people who can have drinks once in a while who can have, you know, uh, where it can be the fifth ingredient or whatever, everybody's different. And I totally agree with, uh, you know, accepting what other people say is their abstinence. Um, and what I want to ask you is about your spiritual program. Can you share your spiritual program with us? Like when you get up in the morning and at, you know, throughout the day and at night? Right. Okay. So that's huge for me. And um, I've always read, I used to always read um, the, you know, the voices and for today, every day. And, um, and I've had different times where I've, I've always read. Um, however, in the last year and a half, 
I, I've been writing every day and I get up in the morning and I read, but I also write. And the writing has been transformational, the fact that I'm doing it every day. And then I read my writing to my sponsor every day. And that's so powerful to do that. And also I have sponsees that do that. And that is, I learned so much from my amazing sponsees when they read their writing to me too. So that's been a huge thing. Um, and um, one of the devotional books that I love, it's from Hazleton, it's 24 hours and it's, it's that black book. And I think it's, it's amazing. And it comes from uh, uh, some, uh, some people, it's called God Calling. It comes from that. And also it has a lot of AA stuff in it. But it's, I write on that um, every day. And it's like, oh my God, there's so much in it because it has the steps. It has, uh, you know, about our higher power. It's, it, it has a meditation and it has a prayer every day. So I write on that. Right, I've been writing on that for the last year and a half. And that's, but I change, I change it up. Um, I love um, to read with my husband on awakening. It's such a wonderful thing that I can share that with my husband, um, praying with my husband. I've always been a prayer. I'm not good at the nighttime stuff. I need, that's one area that I have to, I, I have to say one of my issues is I really overdo it. I overwork, I over exercise, I over schedule. So I am so exhausted um, when I get home. I mean, by the end of the day that I have nothing left. So my med my spiritual is in the morning, for, uh, you know, but that's part of my being 70 years old and realizing I'm going to be hiring soon that my higher power wants me to let go of all this stuff and not do so much. And that's like the part that I just read about cleaning house, cleaning house is getting rid of all the stuff you don't need. And I'm, I'm spending a lot of time doing that. And that's part of my spiritual feeling is releasing all this stuff it both in activities and material things so. thank you so much Sakura compulsive overeater so thank you for your shares I love uh you gave a lot of real practical advice which was really helpful um and my question to you is how uh in being in program considering that you came when your daughter was in trouble how has the program helped you with your relationship with your children and how are they doing? Oh my gosh, that is so great. I mean, cause there's nothing like a mother um, making amends to her children. And um, so they have seen me work program for a lot of years and they, and I know they really respect my program and they're very proud of me. And I have really good relationship with all three of them. Um, my oldest one that is anorexic, she has never come to OA. I mean, they last time I spoke at Ventura, um, they all were on the, it was a phone meeting and all three of them listened to my pitch, which I'm really grateful for. Um, but uh, yeah, I have a good relationship. My oldest one, the one that's um, recovering anorexic, she has come such a long way. She's such a beautiful young woman. And I'm, you know, she really seeks me out, you know, which I'm so grateful for. Um, she wants to do stuff with me, you know, uh, we go spin. In fact, that's why I do spin. All my kids love spin. So I start, I, I hated spin. Um, and I, and a year and a half ago when the pandemic hit, they had spin outside and uh, on the, on the mall at Lacumbra. So I started doing it and I, I'm completely hooked, but yeah. So my relationship is doing stuff with my kids. My second daughter, um, has my grandchildren and she wanted me in the 
a hospital room with her uh, for the delivery of both of my grandsons. So that's a huge deal that she, I wouldn't have wanted my mom in, in the delivery room. I love my mom, but I wouldn't have wanted her in the, the delivery room with me. So I feel really honored. Um, but I have to say, my kid, my daughters are in their 40s and my son's in the late 30s. And all of a sudden then, like my middle daughter, she remembers every bad thing. So now all of a sudden we'll have these, um, you know, these, uh, you know, after on a Christmas in the afternoon by the fire pit, I'll have a two hour rant about, about the bad things I did and said, you know, so, you know, it's not a perfect thing, but that we're able to talk about it and that, you know, that we're open to other. My, my son is, it's tough because he has a, a brain injury and we're not sure exactly where he is with all of that. And I'm in that next weekend, I'm going to spend some time with him because he's, he's down right now. And I have to say being a parent of a grown children is the hardest thing uh, because uh, you feel they're your kids and you feel for their pain. You feel for their, you know, they have really good things, but it's, it's hard to see the hard stuff, yeah, but no, working the steps and doing these forms, step four forms, the resentment form, the fear form, they're transformational. I remember doing Elaine walk me through some of those forms for the first time. I'd done other forms, but oh my God, everybody I know, women who have been in AA for a hundred years, when I tell them, when I go through those forms with them, those step four forms on resentment and, you know, look and saying the prayer and looking at our part in, in all that, it, it's a game changer. So this program is a game changer in terms of your relationships um, with your family and with your friends. Um, so yeah, my family, I have a good relationship with my kids. You know, I'm not perfect, they're not perfect, but we accept and love each other. Oh, thank you. We still have about six minutes. Hi, Jenny, Compulsive Overeater. Um, Barbara, thanks for your share. Could I ask um, what your um, exercise is that you do with the 24 hours a day book, what you write on? Okay, so I just, all I do is <clears throat> read it and then I, then I just reflect on it, whatever's happening. And when I first started, and some pages I don't, I don't relate to it. So then I might read something else, you know. Um, and now that I'm going to the seven o'clock vision meeting, I'm thinking of writing on that as well, because that's on the big book, which I like, but I also really like the OA 12 and 12. There's some really good stuff in there. So I don't, even though, you know, a lot of people think only the big book, I think the OA uh, literature is wonderful too. Okay. Thank you. Barbara, it's Nancy OA. I just wanted to say thank you very much for your lead. It was a beautiful share on the overall recovery process. I appreciate that um, because I think um, spending time in the past and dwelling on the problem is detrimental to us. To, to look forward and to, to do the daily process of recovery is where you find peace. Like, um, so I appreciate your share. And I, I think I might start writing on the um, daily app daily reader also. That's a good, I like that plan. Thanks. What's, what's good about it too is that you get, I mean, some days you'll go really deep and it doesn't like my sponsor says it can be five minutes, but usually it's more, but it's just about the, the discipline. I mean, that's the thing that is the most important for me because I'm so excited and interested in so many things. I need that discipline of, of daily. 
And also accountability with my sponsor is really important too. Hey, this is Cheryl from um, Ventura. And I wanted to say thank you so much, Barbara, for your, your lead, your um, review of so many of the really, you know, the, the important pieces of recovery, every, all of them. And um, what I just wanted to say is I just, I, I am so thankful for you. And one of the things, this is just coming to me that, that, that I'm learning from you and that I think is just so powerful is that I see joy and somebody living and having fun and having relationships. And, and recovery, you know, I can be such a, a worker bee, perfectionist, got to get it all right, you know, um, that I get lost. And, and like recovery is, you know, it's to also, it's to help us have a life. And so I see that and that gives me inspiration and helps me think that I can have that too. And that I'm recognizing where I'm having it already instead of just focusing on where do I need to improve? What am I not doing right? You know, of course I need to work the steps and, and I need to look at my part because that's gonna give me the freedom and the connection with, with my higher power. But um, I just so appreciate that. So thank you so much. Thank you, Cheryl. You know, I was blessed with a dad who used to call me every week and said, what are you doing for fun? And so my fam, my mom and dad had so much fun together. They danced, they played golf, they laughed, they enjoyed their life. And so I, I try to think, and I miss my dad and my mom died at 69 and my dad at 75, but um, I miss that, that I had a fan, I had a mom and dad that had fun and they wanted me to have fun. And so I, I really think that that's one of the most important things is the joy and peace that we get. Um, and we, some of us have to learn how to do that or we forgot how to do it. Yeah. Um, but it's here for us to take. Um, yeah. Thank you, Cheryl. I have a question. I'm Natalie compulsive overeater. Hi, lovely Barbara. Thank you so much for your share. And, um, what came to me was to ask what if it may be more than one thing, but what is one thing that really, uh, that's a quality that you have now that you maybe didn't have before. Like what's one thing that recovery has given you or what's the one quality or one of the qualities in, in uh, OA that you really, that you really feel called to. I hope that makes sense. I think, I think maybe listening more. I love the, the structure. I mean, I come from a family that's like a Woody Allen movie where we all interrupt each other. All my friends, we we're at the dinner table. We interrupt each other. It's no big deal. Um, you can't do that in, in a meeting. You have to be respectful and listen to their whole share. And, and I have to say, when I used to go to meetings where they didn't time, it pissed me off. It's like, I like the structure of timing. I don't want someone to go, or people who don't respect time. And that's an issue for me. So maybe my time, you know, my, you know that's, that's something that my higher power is gonna say, look, you gotta look at time more. But yeah, and I think too, um, yeah, I always thought I was right. and. I really don't even want to be right anymore. You know, so that's, that's a change. Yeah, that, um, yeah, hopefully more compassionate, you know, to others. Thanks, Barbara. Thank you, love that. 
Okay, so it is now time to close the meeting. Thanks to our speaker and to those who gave service.